Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert-Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this particular episode is Cues of the Force. The Q stands for questions, not quality control, but we try to have some. We try. Anyway, I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Ken Napsack. I'm all about quality assurance here today. 
yeah, test these microphones. Make sure they're working. They're not going to hurt us. All that great stuff. Uh, as always, we want to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week, we are recommending Padawan by Kirsten White. It is a great young Obi-Wan adventure. To download your free audiobook, you can go to audibletrial.com slash center. One more time, that's audibletrial.com slash center for a free audiobook. It helps us, and hey, you get a free audiobook if we haven't mentioned that. So uh, thanks, everyone, who has done that in the past and in the future. Ken, are you ready for some questions? I am ready for some big-time questions. Yeah, we got some good ones. We have uh, two from Twitter, two uh, from Patreon, and a bonus one from Patreon, because it's kind of a process question, (laughs) (laughs) which is a little different, a little different. So we got a bonus question coming at you in just a minute, but we're going to start with Twitter, as always. This comes to us from BroomKid. BroomKid writes, I have often wondered about Obi-Wan Kenobi's decision to allow Darth Vader to strike him down in Star Wars. Why did Obi-Wan allow Vader to do him in? Did Obi-Wan allow Vader to do him in? Did Obi-Wan feel he was overmatched? Was it a self-sacrifice? Did Obi-Wan have this in mind all along? Was it his duty slash mission as a Jedi to sacrifice himself for the greater good? What did he mean by, if you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine? Uh, I've never really been aware of anyone explaining this or attempting to explore the specific action by Obi-Wan and the driving force behind it. Personally, I think it is one of the most important moments in all of Star Wars, yet it is one of the least explored. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, Well, just to start, Broom Kid, I really like the way this is structured, the way that Broom Kid asked uh, several interconnected, related questions makes me feel like uh, some of the essay prompts I used to get in high school. (laughs) Answer all of these questions, uh, which we are thrilled to do. Uh, and Ken, I just want to start here. I'm kind of, I'm really fascinated with Broom Kid's uh, perspective uh, that that they feel that this is not the, discussed as much be, for such a central moment in Star Wars, in the first Star Wars film between two central characters. Um, I feel like I have been thinking about this uh, for most of my life, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it is something that that we do discuss on Force Center from time to time. What is your perception? Do you feel like this is an under-examined moment? Yes, yes and no. Um, No, I think you're right. We've grown up with it a lot. This is definitely playground conversation, uh, maybe college lunchroom conversation on the way to Toys R Us to get Power of the Force force figures. I think we (laughs) talked about it then. But at the same time, yeah, it's almost, from from my experience, just an accepted moment. Doesn't mean you don't have questions about it. And didn't mm-hmm. have questions growing up. But you know what I mean? It's just like, it's it's part of the tapestry. It's, it's wallpaper. Yeah, Obi-Wan sacrifices himself. Or Obi-Wan dies. However you want to look at it. And it wasn't until the last couple of years, whether I was focusing on the on the spot in some of my writings or some of our scene-by-scene stuff, just looking more closely at Obi-Wan, or just hanging out with you, because Obi-Wan just <laughs> emanates from your soul, uh, that I was really drawn to back to this moment. And I love kind of analyzing it. And I love um, thinking about it from time to time again. So again, cheat answer maybe yes and no but um you know it's it's hard to separate our experiences over 40 blah 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 years <laughs> yeah no i i realize that i sometimes say that on force center about specific things that i feel like people don't talk about this that much or that and, and i always realize i have to take a step back and realize that it is that is about age that is about who you're surrounded by that is about mm-hmm. what corner of social media are you looking at right um mm-hmm. so i think for me there's you know i think 
I'm so aware of the various Lucas quotes and the, you know, fascinating backstory that Obi-Wan had originally survived, but then was just sitting around uh, in the control room and this idea of him sacrificing himself and how much that would uh, help propel mm-hmm. Luke's story as the next generation and kind of the, the backstory of how that happened that I think for me, the idea that yes, Obi-Wan sacrificed himself has always been there and been kind of central and then when I ha- did hear people talk about this, and this is probably like, I would say, late 90s through, you know, early starting of Force Center. When mm-hmm. I heard people talk about it, what I would hear is people making fun of Obi-Wan, of saying, mm-hmm. if you strike me down, I should become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Uh, then whispers to a kid and sits on a log, you know, yeah. how powerful are you? And then right. that would make me cranky. <laughs> yeah yeah because yeah. i disagreed with it like i get it as a joke it's a funny joke but as like analysis i i disagree with it and i think that's why my my thoughts spiraled a lot because i would hear people making fun of that line yeah yeah and it's and over the years uh humor some of a good-natured humor has been, replaces analysis and it's accepted <laughs> as analysis that's been a pet peeve hmm. of mine especially in the last year uh, where, uh, an inside joke or yeah, use it, but that, yeah, anyways. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't think you're wrong in that too of, um, it's, I just don't think people over the years have engaged with this stuff as most, I mean, case in point for me, like I've always said, one of my favorite moments in star Wars is Luke jumping out to strike Vader and the music swells. And it wasn't until the last couple of years that I really accepted that that was a failure for Luke in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just great heroic shot, but I just didn't engage with that, that level. And I don't think I, I, I was surrounded by a lot of folks, myself included, in the 90s, waiting for our buff Lukes at Toys R Us to show up. <laughs> that I, uh, I just didn't dive into what was there, both thematically and maybe what the character's thinking. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's a really good point. And, and I also think that it is really good to reexamine older moments because mm-hmm. new stuff comes mm-hmm. out. And, and I think a lot of us really dive deep into analyzing it and then maybe things that we encountered earlier in our lives we we don't always go back and apply that same amount of um critical lens of what's mm-hmm. actually going on yeah, um, exactly. yeah. yeah and i i think that uh broomkid asks all the right questions right there's all these nuances to what exactly is going through obi-wan's mind what does more powerful than you can possibly imagine really mean um so uh i i got some thoughts um Cool if I just run through what I think is going through Obi-Wan's head and then run hear through. your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, as long as you, you get finished before the recess bell ends. Yeah. Good. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm noting the time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this uh, quick because uh, I'm talking about Obi-Wan so it could go long. Uh, so I, I think Obi-Wan, when he arrives on the Death Star, he knows he needs to face Vader, right? Uh, I think we have new context even or deeper context from the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, Obi-Wan is very aware of how obsessed with him Vader is going to be. So Obi-Wan, I think, knows he needs to put himself in Vader's path uh, to keep Vader from discovering Luke, to keep Luke away from Vader. Luke is not ready to face him, right? Um, Maybe there is an element to me of Obi-Wan wants to, you know, address this once and for all wants to you know heal this old wound as he says about when he faces maul and rebels right Mm, mm -hmm. or if not heal it face it right you don't look away from things that are scary you know yeah uh and that is you know what vader is and has been and a lot of the kenobi tv shows about him deciding i can't look away from this um so i think on a real practical level he he has to keep uh, vader away from luke and leia i think he wants to make sure that they escape on a real practical Mm -hmm. level 
I, my personal headcanon take is in the fight, he is outmatched. Um, yeah, I think yeah. that he he is old. I don't I don't think uh, I don't think Vader's wrong when he cruelly says your powers are weak, old man. <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm. I don't think he can match Vader's raw power anymore. But more importantly, I don't think Obi Wan is interested in matching his raw power in winning the fight that way. Right. Um, right. I've always kind of thought that, but I feel like the Kenobi television show. Uh, demonstrates a point where he was younger. He did rise to the challenge of matching Vader's raw power. Right. And then what he got out of that is a feeling of like, I don't, I'm not interested in, in having this constant fight with him. That that's not mm-hmm. my destiny. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think during the fight, he's like, yeah, no, okay. <laughs> I'm keeping him busy as long as I can. I am not thinking about physically defeating him. And I think that's where the taunt, comes from of you know you can't win darth if you strike me down i will become more powerful than you can possibly imagine to me that's obi-wan pretty clearly saying um i'm fighting a different fight than you realize or that in your dark side perspective Mm -hmm. you have uh the empathy the open-mindedness to realize i think he's speaking literally about having trained to become one with the force but also that like my fight is to protect the next generation to make sure they're safe. And right now in your dark side rage, you can't imagine doing anything that isn't just for your own power and for your own goals. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I, I think that being more powerful than you can possibly imagine is not a joke. <laughs> right. I think it's, you know, absolutely huge that he would have the ability to continue to guide Luke from the beyond. Luke does yeah. not destroy the Death Star without Obi-Wan being there to guide him. That's that's power. That's real power, right? Yeah. Not just the ability to kill somebody, but the ability to actually make a difference. Um, so then final things. Uh, I, I think he has been studying to become one with the Force. I think he is prepared to sacrifice himself for the next generation. I think he thinks that might happen. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to the Death Star going, all right, I'm going to meet Vader and that's going to be it. Uh, I think he sees the moment and seizes it. He's been mm-hmm. He's been preparing for this moment, right? He sees Luke and Leia together. The future is in, in motion. Uh, to, to future, uh, quote, uh, Luke himself, Obi-Wan knows he will not be the last Jedi. Uh, yeah. And he chooses in that moment, now is the time to do what I have been preparing for, which is to let go. It will distract Vader. He uses Vader's obsession with him as a means to distract uh, Vader from Luke and Leia. And I think all of that only has become stronger with a Kenobi TV show. All right. I talked for about four minutes straight, Ken. I apologize. I timed myself. Uh, the uh, teacher's looking at us. The teacher, she wants us <laughs> off the slide. Uh, no, this is great. No, by all means, please uh, come back to this and, uh, you know, let's keep going. Um, first of all, I want to say, Broom Kid, what I love about this question and this question right now in my Star Wars uh, fandom is it was fun to push beyond the themes. We have so much fun just going into the themes here. And this is one of those moments where I sometimes just grab that whiteboard of themes and go, here's what it means for you, for you and your life. Obi-Wan must die, so you go on. It's a lesson of death for all of us. It's all these kind of things. And those are all powerful things that we love talking about. But sometimes I always also like just pushing past themes and what George was saying and going, what is what is Obi-Wan thinking? That's mm-hmm. fun. And it's actually one of the, when we started Force Center, I think I, I, I looked at Star Wars a lot on that side more than the themes first uh, of, of this is a living history document. Let's find out what this next part of the story is. So uh, this is fun to push uh, into that uh, era a little bit here of my fandom. Uh, and I, I don't have anything particularly new. I think you, you really covered it there. Um, going to what Kenobi feels, you can, I cannot, and this is what I love 
about new content. I cannot separate myself from the Kenobi series when I think about this now. Mm-hmm. I, I, I cannot even separate myself from the, from a certain point of view, Claudia Grace uh, story, uh, where Qui-Gon appears to Obi-Wan and is kind of like, oh man, he doesn't even know he's going to die soon. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm really paraphrasing that, but um so I yeah the, this idea I really I in my heart I believe he he can't win and I love what you're saying about he well excuse me you know can't win this actual contest here uh, and, and and I think that uh, is in his heart and I love tying it to the Kenobi series where Vader Anakin as we have that great flashback scene you're always focusing on winning and this narrow view and for him to say like uh, I, I believe my heart Kenobi knows he can't win the duel but he's going to win the bigger battle. And to mm-hmm. tell Vader that, to tell Darth that, that's huge. And I, I, I really think we, we've talked a lot, a lot about how the Vader slash Anakin carries that. I only winning v- total victory is the only way to kind of uh, approach things. It doesn't change until Return of the Jedi and he sacrifices them all for Luke, right? That's not mm-hmm. the first time he's like, I, all right, all right, I get it. I, I'm not here to win. So I think that drives a lot about that. This idea of I just simply, I just need to give them time. I think you're right. Uh, Obi-Wan's like, oh, I recognize this moment. I know what the moment is now for me. Mm-hmm. I got that. And now the additional context, a lot of people were tweeting out of him looking over and it is no longer. And it was for a long time. Let's be honest. Looking over, it wasn't just Luke. Now you look over and it's like Luke and Leia. The twins mm-hmm. are reunited. This worked. They got together. Um, the rest of the story can go on. I absolutely think that works for me as well. Uh, yeah. And, and this idea too, the final thing for me, uh, again, just kind of backing up a lot of what you're saying here, breaking the cycle of Vader and Anakin, um, breaking that mm-hmm. cycle of violence. I think that's very clear. Uh, but uh, just him going, I am confident this is only the end of one journey, the beginning of another. And I will be here to guide Luke forward. Uh, I will be here and Vader, you can't currently comprehend that. You just can't win. And I'm confident, even though it's a leap of faith, I don't know, you know, Qui-Gon comes and says, yeah, I'm going to teach you everlasting life here. And you do all the homework and you do all the paperwork. Is it still going to work? I'd still have some doubt. Yeah, but it's a Mm -hmm. leap of faith. It's a step of faith. And and Kenobi has that confidence, all that wrapping up in that moment of time to put up the saber. Yeah, it's such a choice, right? In in. In 1977, it's such a clear choice of, of mm-hmm. raising the blade. It's such a great image of peace and letting go. And uh, I, I think the the confrontations that they have and the the big duel they have in Kenobi makes it even more rich. But I just always love thinking about the poetry of, you know, Kenobi beats Vader multiple times because he understands his psychology. And Vader's probably always, you know, the... Mm-hmm. Uh, if not uh, more powerful than Obi-Wan, uh, really puts Obi-Wan through his paces, right? Um, mm. But Obi-Wan is calm and strategic and in the battle in, in Revenge of the Sith and, and looks for an advantage and and takes it and, and wins in this violent, awful, fiery way, right? And then this is that great Star Wars poetry of like, you're, you're still not seeing the big picture and he, I think he wins this duel, right? Because he knows what he's really fighting for and he doesn't lose anything. He's ready yeah. to let go. He didn't lose anything. He took the next step on his journey, right? Just like Luke in Last Jedi, there's peace and purpose in him raising that blade and Vader just can't understand that because it's just domination. And and I, yeah. I, you know, I love the shot and it almost makes me laugh of like poor, poor Anakin Vader just refusing to learn the lessons as he's stomping mm-hmm. on that robe going, yeah. Huh? How did he trick me again? What does he know this time that I didn't? 
it's it's such an image for for what we often describe Vader as the most powerful badass in the galaxy, never getting what he wants. That is such it all in one shot. What? Where? Ah, oh, I don't even get to see his smoking body in ruin. He's gone. What happened? <laughs> Right. I mean, and when he's kind of bragging at, at Tarkin of this is such a great day at seeing the end of Kenobi and the, you yeah. know, in his mind, asterisk, <laughs> what the hell happened? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So great questions. Uh, great big central question. Uh, Broom kid with many nuances. Uh, any other final thoughts on that one, Ken? No, other than I, I, I do want to just kind of highlight the fact that again, we, you and I are discussing a moment that we personally grew up with. Uh, mm-hmm. Therefore, and here we are in 2022, and there's additional, I won't say new, I don't know if that's the right word, but additional insights into the scene by creators and actors and performers and, 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 and directors that were influenced by that scene as well. And I love that. I love that in 2022, we can be like, oh, there's a new wrinkle to this. There's new meaning. And now we can watch that scene with a new energy. I love that. Yep. Yep. Knowing that he has no interest in matching his raw power. Probably can't but doesn't care. That's not what it's about to him. Uh, to me, that has only been made stronger by, by the Kenobi television show. It's just always weird when I say the Kenobi television show, because it sounds like he has a variety show, which I kind of wish he did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. We're going to move on. Thank you very much, Room Kid. We're going to our next question from Twitter from Mark Beddenhouse. Uh, Mark says, who are your picks for Quinlan Voss in the inevitable upcoming Disney Plus show, Smiley Face? Mine is Jason Momoa all the way, says Mark. Uh, Ken, we just got to start with this. Do you uh, think a Quinlan Voss show is inevitable? Uh, (laughs) Do you want it to be inevitable? What are your thoughts on that? I want him to be in a show, uh, but also the the possibilities, man. There's so many delicious options of telling a Quinlan Voss story on the run, uh, reemerging. Uh, you could do it. Uh, I wouldn't mind a series that just follows him around the Clone Wars. Like, you know, mm. there's a lot of room to tell some Quinlan. And, and, the one where this is the one we need, Joseph. His mission on Tatooine <laughs> during the Phantom Menace. Just start there. <laughs> yes. Uh, sitting there when that, that whole thread in Phantom Menace, is there anyone friendly in the Republic? Could anyone help us? And Quinlan Voss is like, nah, can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know in Legends there's, you know, storytelling behind it, but it'd be great to get that in canon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love Quinlan Voss. Uh, I I love that he was name checked in um in Kenobi. You know, there was the thing I believe in the Vader comic book of surviving Jedi, and his was one of the names in Orabish on the list of suspected mm-hmm. surviving Jedi. So that's great to follow through. Like, yeah, he survived for a while. Uh, yeah. Creates this very interesting question of what was his journey, what were his goals, how did he make peace with the dark times, how did he push back, where did he end up. Uh, all those fun things. But I love the character. As I've said many times, I like that Jedi uh, do have these shared beliefs and perspectives, uh, but they also have different personalities. And Quinlan Voss is one of the biggest personalities, right? Mm-hmm. Um, someone who loves fun, is willing to really jump off the cliff and find out how he lands, but also went through some dark bleep <laughs> yeah. Yeah. in the Dark Disciple uh, book. So I would love a Quinlan Voss show. I would almost love a this is Quinlan Voss and jump around from Clone Wars. Maybe you get to see some of uh, Dark Disciple and, you know, and you get to see uh, his journey in in the dark times, uh, being involved with the path, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. 
Ooh, love it. I love this. This is Quinlan Voss. No, it doesn't. <laughs> this is Quinlan Voss. Uh, so with that, we'll get into Mark's actual question uh, about casting. Uh, what do you think? Uh, I know you you have a, I was going to say, you have a relationship with Jason Momoa. You're a big <laughs> fan, obviously, of Game of Thrones, where he got a lot of notoriety. What do you think about Jason Momoa? Uh, look, Mark, this might be the casting. Um, I did, I looked it up and, and uh, you know, uh, wanted to make sure I, any names that I proposed were, were um, uh, had, a, you know, uh, were indigenous performers, uh, which is clearly what Quin, uh, Quinlan Voss is, is coded as. And you want to be uh, right about that. But uh, yeah, Momo is native Hawaiian and, and Pawnee via his grandmother. So that, that tracks for me. But more than that, you go to that Quinlan Voss episode uh, in the Clone Wars where he and Kenobi are out and about there. Uh, fighting Cad Bane. It's Jason Momoa, man. <laughs> it's Quinlan Voss is all but saying, my man. Like, it's hard <laughs> to have that as the option. Yeah, no, Jason Momoa is a great pick. At first I was like, is he a little muscular, a little too muscular? And then I, I looked at Quinlan Voss in the Clone Wars again. I was like, no, he, he has <laughs> attitude, a lightsaber, and guns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of a tribute to Jason Momoa that, like, obviously he's amazing in Game of Thrones, but, you know, a somewhat terrifying character. You know, you get to understand his cultural perspective up to a point, I think. Um, but then, you know, his, his whole my man <laughs> role is <laughs> yeah. the Aquaman who throws him back and likes metal. Um, <laughs> he's so charming in all of his other acting roles and kind of his his public role as a kind of a, a charming guy. I, I read this on his Wikipedia page. Uh, it says about Jason Momoa. He is a fan of heavy metal music and has noted that he builds his characters off of metal songs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's, that's, a, that's some good Quinlan Voss energy. Yeah. That's some Quinlan Voss indeed. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's really hard to escape it. It's like, you know, you, you want to sometimes, and this is when, you know, we were on other, over the years, you and I have been on those debate shows and podcasts and everything, and you want to have an answer. Sometimes the answer is the answer. And this is the one of the ones where like, I don't know, it's hard to, it's hard to, you don't want to get cute. He, he's the guy. I have some other names, but he's, he's the guy in my, in my heart. Yeah. I'll, I'll throw out my, my other idea. And then I want to hear your, mm -hmm. your names. I think Jason Momoa is a great pick. I think we're living in a time right now where um, it, and I know this from, uh, from personal experience, trying to uh, package and sell things. It, it helps mm -hmm. even if you're, Disney, even if you're Star Wars, it helps to have a name. But yeah. I, I never want to forget the great history of Star Wars, uh, having a mix of known names and unknown names. And, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I recently watched uh, the movie Prey um, on Hulu, mm -hmm. the, the Predator prequel. Um, and there's a there's a, a young uh, indigenous uh, native actor named Dakota Beavers who um, has next to no acting credits that I can find. And he was amazing. I don't know if he mm -hmm. in specific is uh, necessarily the right cast uh, casting choice for Quinlan Voss. But for me, that was kind of an example of there's a deep bench of unknown talent or lesser known talent. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it probably wouldn't happen, but I think my pick, my first pick might be somebody looking for a big break who we don't know. Right. Um, yeah. And, and we are in a good time where there are starting to be more shows, uh, Rutherford Falls, uh, reservation dogs, um, 
more representation and perspective for, you know, native indigenous first nation people. That is absolutely, you said it so well, that's absolutely how Quinlan Voss is coded. And that would be uh, extremely important to me. Yeah. 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 It'd it'd have have to be, Um, especially after the Clone Wars episode, it just kind of took a a background character and just was like, Hey, here's how we're presenting it. Yeah. And and I know, and I want to make, he also came from a lot of legends and expanded universe stuff. I know that. Yep, yep, absolutely. So, yeah, th- that was my uh, my second choice. An actor, I don't know yet, but what are your other choices? Um, yeah, and I, I don't want to lie. I, I was like, okay, let me research uh, who's out there. I always joke. I don't watch a lot of things, so uh, I'm always struggling. And people are like, hey, cast something now. I'm like, um, uh, I don't know. George Went, is he around? He's the only actor I know from anything. Uh, Could we get George Went in Star Wars? Uh, so I did go to some of the names out there, but I was uh, one in particular. There's Eddie Spears from Yellowstone, uh, Zon McLaren from Longmire, mm. Adam Beach, who was, uh, has been around for a bit, the flags of our fathers, Law and Order back in the day, also New Mutants. But it, it got me thinking about age and the, and the age of Quinlan Voss. He, depending on when you do the show, if it's in this time period that we you see his name mentioned, Kenobi, he'd, he'd be. He'd be a little older. You wouldn't be looking for a new young hot actor. You'd be looking for someone mid forties or above. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I went some of those names. Uh, Adam Beach, kind of the winner too, just on appearance and look. Um, you know, put him put him in that Quinlan Voss uh, wig and and put the uh, the, uh, the the yellow uh, markings on, and and you got him. Uh, but I also really it, it's it's one of those things too that we always say the answer sometimes the answer unknown. What a chance to propel someone forward. Um, you do need a name. Momo would be the name. If you're going to do a Quinlan Voss series based and he's on board, you're probably going to get a green light. Then, you know, an unknown, but with star Wars there's a great tradition in that. So I, I second your idea as well. Yeah. 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 I, I looked up Adam beach. Yeah. No, he's got a, he's got a great face for Quinlan Voss. Yeah. Right. It, it, it's it, the cheeks. It's the shape. <laughs> yeah and, and as always uh whenever any quinlan voss uh discussion comes up i'd also be just thrilled with uh you know an animated film uh that is the dark disciple story because i think asage deserves to have her story told uh on screen and more quality time with quinlan voss and dooku for that matter yeah yeah no that's a good point yeah I would be up for that as well. Thank you, Mark, uh, for this great question. Uh, thank you for an excuse to spend a good chunk of time reading Jason Momoa's entire Wikipedia page. <laughs> it's fascinating. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with more questions from patrons on Patreon back in a moment. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, everyone. 
I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And we are back for more cues of the Force. We go now to a patron from Patreon. This comes to us from Jay. Jay says, I feel like the crux of the special edition hate stemmed from the Han shot first debate. Had that one moment stayed the same while the rest of George's changes went ahead as we know them, do you think the overall reaction to the new versions would have been more positive or at least less vitriolic? This is fascinating. Um... But I, I'm I'm really fascinated by this uh, this great what if moment. Uh, we've also been talking a lot about what younger people think. So like uh, sometimes <laughs> I, when I <laughs> I'm not going to do this because it's deeply inappropriate. But like seeing like a ten year old with a Star Wars shirt, I just kind of want to stop them on the street. And it's like, how do you feel about the special editions? <laughs> if they even know, if they even care. The what now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But getting back to uh, certainly people who uh, lived through it, uh, such as you as I, I did, people cared a lot, and I agree with Jay. That is one of the moments that that really crystallized people's uh, dislike mm-hmm. of the special editions is uh, Han shot first or Han shot only. Um, mm-hmm. But it didn't. It became a, a, a catchphrase that you would hear at conventions, that you would see T-shirts. Han shot first is a thing. What do you think about Jay's question? Do you think if uh, if the Greedo Han exchange had remained exactly the same, it would have made a difference? Here's my actual first uh, answer on my notes. Hmm, great point. I hadn't thought of it. No, uh, and I own I own that shirt, the same shirt that uh, George was later seen wearing on a set. Uh, I have that one and, uh, it's, it's like two sizes to be a little bigger. It's like two sizes too big. It's faded, but I've kept it because I'm like, this is 
this is history, right? This is pop culture history. <laughs> this was a thing. This was a thing. Um, look, I'll say this. I'll start here. I actually, what we're talking about, Joseph, it, it, it's a catchphrase. It's, it's, it's an easy narrative to, to get out there. Han shot first. And that's the problem. I, I really think the Jabba scene in A New Hope and Jedi Rocks and Return of the Jedi are probably more of a problem than that little addition. The McClunky of it all uh, has made it just more, <laughs> right? It's just an easy thing to point to. So it's a fascinating question. Um, but I think part of it might be beyond just ah, Jedi Rocks, um, you know, the Jabba scene, Han steps over him and he makes a face. All that um, does, I think, come in second to the conversation around Han shot first was that George changed Han's character. Mm-hmm. That was the big thing, right? That So yeah, without that, maybe it would be a little less of the, of the, how dare George change the character in our eyes, whether that's right or not. We can talk about here in a second versus just like, uh, you know, I didn't want to see that job deleted scene, but it ended up not working or ah, that musical number was, not my favorite or little shop of horrors, Sardlock pit. I don't know about that. It, you know, that's, that's all different than how dare George change this character. I love. So it could have been different. Could have been different. Yeah. I, I think that there is a possibility that it could have been different. I do have a friend who once told me like that watched Star Wars fairly regularly, showed it to kids and nieces and nephews and, and friends who maybe hadn't experienced it in a while and liked a lot of the special edition and would watch the special edition, stop the disc, physically take it out. <laughs> I think put in that like 2006 um, DVD of the unaltered versions that are not cleaned up at all. I think that's what he did. But he maybe went to VHS or Laserdisc, stopped playing the movie, swapped in the uh, original cantina scene. Yeah. I think just the shooting part stopped again and then restarted the special edition, which uh, I think is a good demonstration of like maybe what Jay is saying is at least one case study where like, yes, that is the one moment that was a bridge too far for some people. Yeah. Yeah. That's I think your, your analysis of why is really great. I think there's a couple things like in the special editions, there is definitely some like, Hey, we are, we are uh, in this spirit of exploration. We are testing the limits of CGI, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so some of it, you know, looks a little clumsy now. Some of it looked a little clumsy at the time. I think particularly that first adjustment um, to the the shooting uh, mm-hmm. looked a little clumsy, right? It looked like Han was kind of dancing at the club, right? With just a little uh, yes. full body move, right? Yes. <laughs> it looked like, what was that SNL uh, skit, uh, Roxbury, right? Where they yeah, just Rox- popped the music. Right, Roxbury, I guess, yeah. Yeah, it kind of looked like <laughs> he was doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a. I think it's a little, a little uh, clumsy in the execution. And then I think the big thing is, you know, especially when Lucas started talking about it and saying, "This is always the way it was meant to be. It was meant to be an exchange of gunfire," um, and feeling like the morality of it, he wanted to make the immorality that he intended clear. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people's response was, "We." And, uh, and I'm speaking for myself and people I know I could yeah. be totally wrong for, for some people. But what I experienced was people felt like we never experienced that moment as cold-blooded murder. We experienced it as kill or be killed. Right. It wasn't like Han just walked in the bar. I was like, Greedo, he's a, he bugs me. I'll, sh- I'll shoot him in the gut, you know? Right, right. It was Greedo saying, I am going to kill you right, right mm-hmm. now. 
I have a blaster on you. So I think that was a little bit of the like um, a little bit of the real tension is, you know, Lucas comes out and says, I, I, I fixed the morality of it. And then a lot of viewers said there wasn't anything wrong with the morality of it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. It's such a, it's an, a potentially uh, a passion conversation, not from you or you or I, but uh, this is one I, you know, tweets could come in about people's different versions on this there. Absolutely. I really think you're right. And, and I don't, I don't disagree with the thought that it changes Han's character a little bit. Uh, I think it's a fine line. There's just a fine line. And I, th- I think a little bit of George's point is that Han wasn't a, 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 like you said, a badass cold-blooded killer. And there's something I wonder, and I maybe looked at the Star Wars archives books or some, you know, find those George quotes at certain points in his life. There might have been something about George to what you're saying, uh, Joseph, of just like he realized maybe maybe we all didn't think George uh, Han was a cold blood killer, but that, that kind of became part of the myth. And then maybe he wanted to go, no, no, no. Here's what I meant. You know, I, I, I'm just thinking of, of George around Revenge of the Sith going, yeah, I changed some of the story because you all didn't get Vader. You mm. all worshipped him and you didn't get it. And maybe George has a tendency to do that. And this would be 97 that uh, Han became the coolest guy in the room and you all might celebrate the fact that he shot first. I want to make sure, you know, that wasn't my intention. It could be a little bit of that. And, you know, again, depending on when you ask George, uh, Han is a survivor. Han knows that he, you know, learning from Beckett, that lesson in solo and shooting mm-hmm. first in that moment is not just a cheeky, it's not a cheeky reference to that. Like it's a Lego game, which has fun cheeky references to Han shooting first and 10th and all those things. I think it's about the character and what, what Han knows when he walks into Chalmans that day. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's a more robust look at the morality of it than George just kind of going, ah, maybe y'all got this wrong. And I want to make sure you got what I was saying. Right. Uh, I, I think those are really, really great points. I think it does make a lot of sense if, you know, what Lucas is hearing back about the original trilogy is great. People love it. Doesn't hear a lot of people talking about how the ultimate lesson is Luke throwing his blade aside and instead being like, oh, I love it when Han's real cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shoots Greedo in the gut. Like I can see that like, yeah, no, let's, let's, let's reframe this. Let's make sure that the overall picture of star Wars is, is clearer. And you're not sort of, you know, thinking this is a really uh, in a spot in a moment to aspire to. Right. Um, yeah. But also the great point with Beckett, where Beckett makes it crystal clear of like, that was smart. I would have killed you. That y- yeah. You were in a killer be killed moment and you recognized it, which does seem to have a dir- be a indirect conversation with the Greedo moment of mm-hmm. that's how Han is staying alive is uh, he-, he travels in brutal circles and he has to recognize very quickly when he's in a killer be killed situation. Um, yeah. So like for me, the McClunky at this point amuses me. I'm delighted by the McClunky. I love McClunky. Right. Stand- I'll stand by it to the end of time. It's hilarious. Uh, it, it's it. hilarious. And it's the, the last lingering mystery of Lucas <laughs> decipher this Bye. <laughs> and the, the, just a beautiful day on social media when it dropped and everybody's like, what? And it's not, there's no uh, captions. We don't know. And people's wild McClunky theories of what it yeah. means. But I, I, I don't, I am not bothered by the scene anymore because I think that for me, it, you know, it, it looks better than the original release in 97. It's got the beautiful McClunky. And it just makes the situation really, really clear. Han was in a kill or be killed situation. Yeah. 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 And, and, and at the end of the day, looking back, you, you know, 25 years on, you know, I, I think I really, again, it's a fine line. And if someone comes at me with, hey, you know, it changed what I thought of the car. I'm 
not gonna. I don't really don't want to fight too much over this one. Mm-mm. But I just look at George and and knowing that George at least had this sense of responsibility of what his myth was doing or what might it potentially do to the audience and wanting to make sure the right message was out there, even at the cost of of, of maybe a character. I don't again. I don't agree with that thought, but if mm-hmm. that's what your thought is, I, I'm okay with George doing that. Of realizing this went beyond my yellow notepad. This went into the world. And now I have a chance to go back and just go, hey, just to make sure, badass in the bar wasn't necessarily what I was saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm okay with George doing that. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm okay pretty much with any change he wants to make because uh, it, it is, you know, in my opinion, uh, his, his choice to make. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also a big, big discussion, which uh, we've had before, and I'm sure we'll have again. Uh, final thing for me is I do think that there's a lot of reasons that this became the the crux. This was the crystal to focus people's ire. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I there there was a time kind of in early 2010s when I was trying to explain to like like people from the theater side of my life what conventions were like and what this kind of mm-hmm. genre nerd culture was like. It, it's a culture, like do you know what Han shot first means? And like, yeah. no, like, well, that's a part of our culture. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. so it did really crystallize, but I so agree with your list of other things that bothered people. The tail stomp on Jabba with the big, uh, yeah. eyes, um, the removal of, of Lapty neck and the dislike of Jedi rocks being like an MT video, MTV mm-hmm. video. I do wonder if, uh, there was no alteration to the Han Greedo scene. If one of those would have become the focal point, you know? Right. When you know, would people have uh, T-shirts that say "Han didn't stomp"? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, and, they, and we'll never truly know, right? But yeah, no, it, uh, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, because I'm, tr- I'm I'm going back to '97. Uh, I had more problem with Little Shop of Horrors, Sarlacc, which, by the way, I don't. And thanks to the book <laughs> of Boba Fett, is pure horror, and yeah. I have no problem with it now at all. But back then, that was more of an issue for me. And Jedi Rocks, Joe Yaza, God bless him. Uh, was mm-hmm. more of an issue than, than Han shot first, but it, it was a t-shirt I had to get. And it was a conversation I was a part of whether I wanted to be or not. Yeah. Yeah. The Max Rebo band has three members, period. <laughs> 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 that would have been the t-shirt back then. Fascinating question. Uh, Jay, thank you very much. Any more thoughts on that one before we move on, Ken? I just want, now I want that t-shirt. This is my Max Rebo band. Just the shadows of size noodles and droopy and Max. <laughs> it is size noodles in the Max Rebel band. There are three band members and only one name is left off the group name. <laughs> Take that droopy. That's yeah. the way it's meant to be. Uh, very fun discussion. Uh, that, mm-hmm. that can get complex. Uh, great to acknowledge that, Ken. Moving on to our final question, uh, except for our bonus process question. This comes to us from Anakin Crespin. Anakin says, hey, friends, I know that Battlefront 2 is old news and all, but it's still one of my favorite games and is usually my go-to whenever I have a little bit of free time. My question is, who is your favorite hero to play as and who is your favorite villain to play as in Heroes versus Villains? For me, I would have to say Anakin Invader. Big surprise, I know. And as a bonus question, if you're feeling up to it, if you could add one hero and one villain to the game, such as Ahsoka and Ventress, who would it be? Thanks for your time, as always, and may the Force be with you. May the Force be with you, Anakin. Uh, I love this question because I love Battlefront 2. There uh, are any listeners who who haven't played uh, Battlefront 2. It obviously does have the uh, the campaign with Iden, Iden Versio. Uh, great story there. Uh, but then it has a lot of different online multiplayer modes, and the one that uh, Anakin is talking about is 
they've changed up the rules over time, but it's just four heroes and four villains uh, fighting. Uh, mm-hmm. And you get to play as these wonderful Star Wars characters. So, Ken, what are your thoughts on this, on on this element of Battlefront 2? Yeah, perfectly timed question. I've been streaming it again. So, hey, there's an average of twitch.tv slash Ken <laughs> been uh, playing Battlefront 2. And I hadn't played it in two years mm. and got back into it. And it's true. I just have a lot of fun. And, you know, it's, it's you know, you kind of uh, the story, the story mode is still one of my favorites. But just playing the game, playing Galactic uh, Conquest and Supremacy uh, Ewok uh, Hunt is is a lot of fun. And it's a great hour or two just to kind of hang out and, and pew, pew, pew around. So great question, Anakin. Been playing a lot more. And as I've said before, but uh, this is, again, great timing. Um, I am not good at the villains or heroes. Um, so I very rarely play them, even when I have enough points. When I do, often it is Luke. Um, and I usually have him in, in Return of the Jedi gear mm. or, and, or Maul. Maul I seem to be okay with. Uh, other than that, I'm really bad because overconfidence is my weakness. Uh, <laughs> this just happened on a stream last week. I got, uh, I was like, oh, sassy Dooku. Let's be Dooku. Killed in two seconds. Um, <laughs> I just don't, I'm already, I don't duck and hide enough when I'm fighting in the blaster fights. But I just, I'm a, I, I figure if I paid the points for a hero or a villain, I'm invincible. And I'm cut down <laughs> in moments. And it drives me crazy. So I just stay with my trooper class. The heavy's my class of choice. Launch some uh, grenades in the air. I call them random grenade tosses and see where they land and what points oh, yeah. they get. A lot of fun. Yeah. The greatest sound in the world there. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my first part of my answer. But I do, I do if I, Luke and Maul get played a lot if I'm mm. going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love this video game. Uh, video games used to be such a huge part of my life and they, they just mm. don't fit as much uh, anymore. Um, but Battlefront 2 was like this great, beautiful awakening that came along at the right time. You know, I got the PS4 just so I could uh, mm. play it, so I could play the the story and that I could talk about it. And it's like, I don't know about the online gaming. Uh, mm. I tried it a little bit on like a trial and I was like, okay, no, I, I, I need to make time for this because it was just... It was it was just the right thing to not have like this huge mission, not to have this huge world to explore, but to just have like Anakin's talking about like, ah, eh, I got an hour, I'll play this. Oh, whoops, six hours have passed. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's a thrill to play the heroes versus villains. It's a, a thrill to hear the their specialized dialogue when the different characters interact with one another or come close to one another. And one of my very favorites is if uh, Chewie gets close to Palpatine. <laughs> yes. Hearing Palpatine go, Skywalker's Wookiee. <laughs> <laughs> so great. So many uh, great ones. But then you're also going to all of these different environments, you know. And mm-hmm. I, I, sometimes I would play for hours back in like 2018 just trying to cycle through to Bespin just to spend quality yes. time on Bespin again, you know. Yes. Um, so I played the heroes versus villains a lot and, you know, there was a time, I'm sure if I turned it on right now, I would be decimated immediately, but there was a time where I could really hold my own or every once in a while they'd cycle through and be partnered with people who, who hadn't been playing as much and, you know, get Mm -hmm. that, that, (laughs) uh, brief, uh, joy of being able to, to truly control the situation. Mm -hmm. Um, so Mm -hmm. I love heroes versus villains. Uh, the, the heroes to answer Anakin's question, uh, that I played a lot, um, I love playing Ray. Um, I love that you, you can get her all uh, modded out with her uh, her yellow golden blade, Rise of Skywalker outfit. Love that. Uh, I love the the challenge of timing her her charge. 
<laughs> yeah. Where she just runs through and if you can line it up and you can like poke uh, four enemies at once. Great stuff. Uh, I played Obi-Wan so much. Uh, absolutely charming. His skill set in the game is like Obi-Wan. It's, it's powerful, but kind of, uh, you know, uh, delicate, sophisticated. You really got to master it uh, right. to use, use his powers to the best of your abilities. And then the other hero I like playing a lot is Yoda. Uh, because mm. you know, growing growing up with uh, Empire Strikes Back, Yoda, decades of pondering, does he have a lightsaber? Um, it still cracks me up to just mash those buttons and hear Yoda scream as he jumps up and down, hacking <laughs> away with a lightsaber. Yeah, yeah, I get killed a lot by Yoda in that game. <laughs> he sneaks up on you if you got a good Yoda player. He's you don't even see him coming, and your ankles are gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then for me, villains. Uh, Vader's great. The lightsaber toss. The the you know the if you can do it right to uh, force choke people near a ledge, bring them up in the air, and then let them go so they drop. Mm. Come on, video game perfection. Um, I love playing Dooku a lot because of the sassy jammies. Oh yeah, uh, and, and he, he just looks cool. I feel cool, right? Because he's just mm-hmm. he's so elegant with his lightsaber swipes. Um, yeah. Yeah, right? Um, in the, the exquisite pajamas. Beautiful. Uh, but I, I do I do get defeated a lot as Dooku, so that's uh, that's not uh, the best. Final one for me, uh, Bosk. Man, do I love Bosk. <laughs> he is just a Trandoshan a-hole. You got those, uh, you know, um, proximity mines. Uh, mm-hmm. You have the, the gas. You have the long-range blaster. So you can really lay traps. And he's so well designed to be played differently. You can lay traps, hide, and just annoy the hell out of people. Uh, sometimes I have real successful uh, traps that I've set up as boss, where you just really nickel and dime people with the dioxys and with the bombs. And then when when like somebody playing Anakin finally catches up with me, I just feel that fury and I can't run or leap fast enough. And Anakin's just like, no, I can sense the rage of the person playing Anakin across the internet. I, I, uh, I think with Bosk, uh, I know you don't play with Bosk. I'm not good with Bosk either, but I think I get killed by Yoda a lot. But if you watch my streams, the amount of times I go, who got me? Oh, Bosk really happens a lot. Really? Right, Cause you don't, you're, you're a little low on health and you run through a dioxys cloud and that's it. That's it. That's it. Diox. Yeah. Breathe death. <laughs> so good. So good. Uh, thank you, Anakin, for letting us uh, think and talk about this because it's been a while since I've played and it's making me happy just thinking about it. Uh, I believe there are rumors, probably it sounded accurate, that they were going to introduce Ahsoka Adventures before the new yeah. updates got shut down. So that is a tragedy. I would have loved both of them. Uh, besides uh, Ahsoka Adventures, Ken, who else would you want in the game? Yeah, besides, that's a big besides. I think that I'm right. so excited for that to possibly happen. I can't even remember where those rumors were, but yeah. Um, so yeah, so with the, with the table kind of wide open on who you could go with, I still wanted a Qui-Gon. Mm. I still wanted that. I felt that was a bit of an oversight. Um, and, and I wanted one of his powers to be to kind of drop to his knees and meditate. <laughs> Maybe the whole game slows down. Like like a like a dead eye in Red Dead where you press the buttons and everything <laughs> just goes slow motion. That could work. What if he was carrying a portable like laser gate shield with him and he throws it on the ground and then <laughs> hides behind it? So there's that. Um, I always, I mean, uh, Jar Jar would have been fun, but I know there's, oh. they do pair them a lot. There's, they, they release things in, in pairs uh, or at least groupings. So I was thinking of, you know, modern, like um, you got a couple versions of, uh, you know, uh, 
Reva Savander as the third sister, Ooh. but either kind of the one towards the end of the series or the one in the beginning. And then maybe if, if it was one towards the end, you might pair her with the Grand Inquisitor. Um, or maybe just, a, you know, we need a new skin for Obi-Wan. Uh, you know, butcher, uh, whale butcher Obi-Wan and Reva. <laughs> we can do that. Or, or get crazy, an Uncle Owen and Amperu. Oh, yeah. hey, yeah, they got weapons now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, those are great picks. Yeah, you're making me think, uh, yeah, Fennec uh, Shand would be great. I would be really bad at her because I'm not really great at the long-range rifles, and she yeah. would have long-range yeah. rifles and probably up-close sneaky knife stabs. <laughs> <laughs> Press R1 for sneaky knife stab. Sneaky knife stab. Um, I, Jar Jar having like clumsy, uh, you know, uh, martial arts skills where like you, you hit a button and you got to time it just right. Cause a lot of this thing is about, is about timing, yeah. knowing your timing, knowing the other character's timing. But if like, it took like three seconds, but you, you pulled out a boom and you bobble, bobble, bobble. And then it was devastating. Right. So you'd have to time it just right. Cause you're vulnerable while you're yeah. bobbling it. But if it hits, Oh, the other person's done for, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. To toss a booma, and then uh, I want some uh, uh, dangerous tongue action where that tongue whips out and knocks you out too, knocks your opponent out. Oh, yeah. Knocks them on the ground because that—that's a great thing. Of like, it doesn't do you a lot of damage, but it makes you really vulnerable to everybody else if you know Jar Jar yeah. knocks you down, and then Anakin is on you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I always—I always wanted them to introduce uh, Mace Windu I- as well. You know, because obviously people who listen to Force Center for a long time, I love Star Wars for the lessons about uh, peace and working together and all those things. But it's a fun action serial and video games are the fantasy of of having power, right? In a safe way, Um, mostly. Uh, So angry Mace. (laughs) Yeah. I would want one of his uh, powers to be hard stare, like the way he stares at <laughs> at the helmet of Django Fett, right? And like it doesn't it doesn't hurt you too much, but maybe like you're frozen in place in fear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is Mace Window hard stares you? Uh, I would love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good. I forgot. It's like I I know they don't have Mace, but you almost forget. Yeah, that Mace uh, wasn't there. It's just a shame. Yeah, yeah. And then final two for me uh, because I I absolutely adore this bounty hunter character. Embo would have been amazing. Hmm. All those hat abilities, you could use it as a shield. You'd obviously be able to use it as a as a throwing device. You know, you could uh, sled on it. <laughs> yes. Oh, that'd be great. Sliding through. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then my final choice, because it would be, it's fun when they have characters that they kind of got to figure out how to truly weaponize them. Like they added late in the run uh, BB-8 and BB-9E, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I would love Hux. Oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I mean, because he would have a blaster and, and, you know, pretty powerful one. Uh, I'm sure he would have some sort of, like, mine. Uh, Phasma has a great, like, uh, sentry droid, so he'd have something like that. I also feel like we'd have a a wine for help button where, like, out of nowhere, a First Order (laughs) Stormtrooper does the work for him. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's, uh, yeah, I love that, too. Just, like, like, God, BB-8 gets me a lot, too. Yeah, right. You got to you got to watch your ankles in this game. Yeah. Yeah, you do. You really do. Oh man. Yeah, I know a, what I'm going to be playing tonight. He has that that just sort of a uh, lose it mode, right? Where all of his appendages come out and he whips in a circle and it's that totally like it's your fault if you walk into this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh that's great. 
I'm glad to hear you're still streaming it. I'm glad to hear people are still playing it. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna look for a time to treat myself and revisit it's Battlefront too. Yeah, one of the problems is you know every time you put it down and you get back in, your ratings are so low compared to the folks. But I'm still finding it's harder to find the 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 the, the, the spaceship levels. Not a lot of people. Mm. Find those. Those were always a little uh, less entertaining than, than, the, than the ground stuff. But yeah, I always got a game, always some people in there. It's kind of fun. Oh, that's great. That is great to know that I can jump on. Maybe I will do that later today. Uh, for now, Ken, we have this bonus process question. I just I wanted to be sure to I- include this, but it's a little bit more about kind of the behind the scenes of, of Four Center. Uh, Joshua Bernard says, I was wondering if the spouses slash partners of Ken, Joseph, and Jennifer could give their opinions on recent programs. I know there are fans of Star Wars, uh, but are not uh, diehard fans. It would be nice to see some people who uh, are casual fans and how they see these movies and series. Um, so I just always want to start with, um, I know we, we bring their thoughts in sometimes to our discussion mm-hmm. because I think it's a really valuable insight to have people who like, I love Star Wars, but I don't have a podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't write essays. Uh, you know, sometimes I need a refresher on where in the timeline this is happening. You know, my wife loves Star Wars, but it, it isn't as big of a part of her day to day life and work as ours. And I think um, seeing her reaction to uh, the Mandalorian episodes in, in Book of Boba Fett really, really did help me, you know, reframe because I feel like yeah. from a thematic point of view, those episodes work great from a don't have your expectations, just sit down and experience it. Those episodes work great. And it really helped me to, to hear from her in, in not in um angry way or a, a, a mm-hmm. you know, vitriolic way. She's not making a car video as you always say. Mm-hmm. It was just, she just had the reaction of like, I really enjoyed that story, but it took me a while because I was confused because I really love Boba Fett and Fennec Shan and I want to know what's going on with them. And that was weird. And yeah. it was so not a, a perspective of, like I said, anger. It yeah. was kind of an, an honest reaction. And I think it is important to get those those reactions. So that's kind of where I start with this. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, then we can get into uh, whether or not this would ever happen or they would want this to happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm right there with you on too. It, 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 it's valuable um, uh, for me. I mean, Grace is, uh, said before, I, yeah, casual's fair, but it's a, uh, Elevated casual. I mean, she loves mm-hmm. this stuff, right? Uh, she grew up a fan of Menace. Was one of her favorite movies. One of the reasons she she got into uh, acting, among among many reasons. But um, uh, Darth Maul, just one of her favorite. She's always a dark sider. Always dark sider. Really, <laughs> really bummed. Reva kind of went good. Like really having problems with that. Um, <laughs> but it's fun to sit there, and it it is also fun to get some of the intentions or get a different point of view, especially even as a performer. Uh, she has some great valuable insights on on, on, on acting choices made, but um, also, yeah, like there's some of the moments where I remember during uh, Mando season two, I think I mentioned on the show, but when Bo-Katan shows up, she's just like, why is Katie Sackhoff talking like that? <laughs> and, well, that's her character. And it's just, oh, okay. And it didn't can immediately connect with her. Um, mm-hmm. Not against Katie, not against the character, but just was like, okay, I have no idea who this is, and I don't know if I like that. <laughs> like, and, and and I, I think it's valuable. Where I'm just like, so like, oh, it's Bo Katan again. Who is that? Like, I think I, I love those things. I even had this with some friends. This is not the, to, to the question here, but uh, one of my really good friends, one I, I grew up with, as a Star Wars fan in, in high school. We bonded over it uh, and Spaceballs, uh, and uh, not just mm-hmm. not Spaceballs, uh, uh, Hardware Wars. Um, he he's a big fan, and he but he's got you know three kids and a full time job as a screenwriting teacher at a college here locally, and 
He texted me two days ago. He's like, I'm so excited for Andor because I love Rogue One. Have you seen the trailer? I go, well, I've seen the first three episodes. Yes. And he goes, uh, it turns out, uh, you know, uh, that, that's Mon Mothman in the trailer. And <laughs> like, oh God, yeah. Oh yeah, buddy. You're going to be so excited. <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah. Uh, and I just kind of love it. It is refreshing because we get the bubble. So anyways, that's the first part of my answer too. Yeah, I think it is uh, refreshing. So totally understand where this is, question is coming to. Uh, I think for me, we uh, we haven't talked about this, um, but I don't think all three of our partners have ever been in the same place at the same time. Oh, including Jen and, uh, and her husband, right? Yeah. The yeah, I don't think that last Jedi period, but I don't think Sarah could make that one, right? But Sarah wasn't at that. I think we've had like probably every combination. Yes, yes. <laughs> Right, yeah, because uh, Jennifer did a storytelling show uh, with me when I was hosting a storytelling mm-hmm. show here in Los Angeles, and and her husband was there. So yeah. uh, her husband and my wife were in the same place, but Grace wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we could do this as like a word problem. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's a fun way to say like schedule would be a massive, massive challenge. It would be a challenge. Yeah, it would, yeah, it would be a challenge. And probably the easiest thing is probably Grace and Sarah. Because we mm-hmm. have, we the four of us have been around a fire pit many times at restaurants. So that's yeah. that's the thing. Uh, Jen uh, just you know to get into the geography of LA just lives in a different part of the city where it's not easy for to get over the hill to where we are, or you're not even quite over the hill. Um, so yeah, but uh, mm-hmm. it's possible. I I, I don't um, the thing I'll say Grace's podcast before. I know you and Sarah do obsessed uh, and they're wonderful mm-hmm. episodes. Um, I don't know. She just might not want to share her Star Wars opinions. That's a great question to ask her. She just yeah, I think want to go into that world. Yeah, I think that is the ultimate uh, thing to talk about. This is you know schedule scheduling would would be a lot. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Jennifer and her husband, you know, have have the the Padawans, uh, mm-hmm. which is also you know a, a big part of scheduling. Um, mm-hmm. And also, like the main thing is, yeah, I've never asked Sarah. Um, she's talked uh, on our obsessed podcast a little bit about Star Wars uh, opinions, but like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I there's. I've never asked her if like, this is like, you know, that's something that she wants to do. Yeah. So maybe, maybe Joshua, it's a good question. Yeah. This is a great question. And ultimately our answer is it's valuable and maybe <laughs> it, it could happen someday. Uh, any other thoughts on that one, Ken? Uh, no, no. Uh, it's always fun. And I'm, um, I think by the time we release, I'm just thinking of our release order. I think Andor will be, a, be out by the time we release this episode. Right. Oh Yeah. Uh, so I will have this answer already. But at this point in time on the day of recording, I am so curious as to Grace's reaction to Andor um, for reasons I just won't go into because there'll be spoilers um, even now. I don't want anyone to accidentally get this episode before they've seen Andor. <laughs> uh, there's yeah. just so many things. I'm literally going to be probably just turning to her the entire time going, huh? Huh? Just to see. Be a great yeah. test. Yeah, no, I, I think so, too, because I think Sarah will be going in just very wide open. She's seen Rogue One many times, loves Rogue One, loves Cassian, you know, but again, has not been watching every trailer religiously and breaking it down. So very ser- curious to see how this kind of different uh, specific tone, specific flavor uh, of this dish mm-hmm. on the Star Wars buffet, uh, how, how tasty it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Good, Sarah. Uh, well, thank you very much, everyone, for the questions. Joshua, Anakin, uh, Jay, Mark, and Broomkid, thank you very, very much uh, for the questions. Uh, as always, we have our Power of the Light Side segment uh, that we are happy to do. If anyone would like to uh, submit a positive memory of Star Wars, how it's impacted you, a moment you like, a character you like, whatever you want, just sharing some Star Wars positivity. We have a post going on our uh, Patreon. If you scroll down the post, you will see a call for submissions. If you want to submit, you are welcome to, and we would be happy to share them here. Uh, with that, Ken, where can people find us? Hey, you can find us in a lot of spots, but we are on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Hey, coming up very soon, we have a Force Center live Q&A. We love doing those, so subscribe over on the YouTube channel so you don't miss it. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We're available on a lot of spots including Acast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, and more. Just search. You'll find us merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash Force Center to support us directly. Directly, And like Joseph said, uh, submit a Power of the Light site or just get into our Discord and talk Star Wars with Force Center friends. You can find me at Cadnapsock. Go to my website, cadnapsock.com. A couple things uh, I'll highlight uh, if you uh, are enjoying Rings of Power or House of the Dragon or just kind of like those worlds. Got a podcast called Casterly Talk, still going strong. Uh, you can uh, subscribe on YouTube there to help us grow that channel or listen to the podcast. Or both, man, that'd be great. Uh, and then also uh, go to cadnapsock.com to get information on upcoming comedy shows. They'll be in New York City, the New York Comedy Club in the East Village. Uh, with Mark Ellis, October 6th and 7th. New York Comic Con going on that week. So some of you might be out there. Come on out and see a show. Joseph, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on all the social media. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And you can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com, for links to everything that I have done and am doing in the future. <laughs> that sounds like a lot. I still have some links to add, actually. In fact, uh, I will be in Portland, Oregon, October 7th through the 9th for the H.B. Lovecraft Film Festival. I have a short film that will be screening uh, twice that weekend, and I'm sure uh, going and doing some other fun things as well. So if you're in Portland and you're interested in cosmic horror, uh, come check it out and say hello. Uh, I have also been uh, asking uh, wonderful Force Center listeners if you are willing and able uh, to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search for Joseph Scrimshaw, and uh, I will pop up. Uh, many of you have done that. It is helping me out a ton as I try to get the channel monetized again. So thank you all so much for doing that. It is greatly appreciated uh, but for now that is it for myself for Ken uh, for Jar Jar Binks and Battlefront 2 this has been Force Center The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. 
Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.